from the USSF-approved territories of Georgia and Kentucky, and also from the FIFA-approved territory of Brooklyn. This is the Monday Review. It's the five-year anniversary today of the 2-1 loss at Trinidad and Tobago that knocked us out of the 2018 World Cup. Can't believe it's been five years. Do you guys, uh, how are you guys celebrating this anniversary? I'm just finding out about it right now. Um, so I feel like there were enough positive things that happened this weekend. I didn't necessarily need to be brought down like that, Adam. Oh yeah, there's going to be yeah. a lot of positive stuff to talk okay, about, okay. but I wanted to bring it up. Man, I bet, were, uh, so I bet y'all were extra sad, extra sad on that day. I need to go back and, uh, and soak some of that up. Um, if anybody can send me like a pod. I, matter of fact, I think I've seen people in the Discord talk about, um, I think the TSS from that day or something like that was uh, is, oh, yeah, is legendary. Was yeah. It's a legendary TSS episode. I need to, I need to, I need to soak a little bit of I that. Should go I was, and listen I was flying that night and missed a flight, missed a connection. So I had to watch the game from an airport motel. Oof. And it was, that's about as grim of a place as you can experience that. What happened that night? Um, yeah. But again, I'm I'm feeling I've gotten over it. I don't. I'm fine. I I mostly just wanted to bring it up because even though it was a bad day, it was also basically the birth of scuffed. And in a weird way, I look back fondly mm. not on that obviously, but on the fallout from it and the being one of the people picking up the pieces afterwards. Because how we got yeah. that's how we got our start, and there are a lot of you who've been been with us since then. And um, I think there's definitely some camaraderie there. Hell yeah, that's true. We would not be speaking right now, would we? Mm-mm. And and the thing is, it's like okay, yeah, it was a missed opportunity. Um, I, I guess we, you know, we could have got more fans by being in 2018 World Cup, but but somehow I made my way here anyway. Right. I don't know. I had been building like a little bit of soccer momentum, and 2018 was, was what I had earmarked. Yeah, I had, I had that one earmarked. Like, yo, right, okay, World Cup here. Then after that, I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and dive in. Nope. Oh. And, uh, but you do, you dove in anyway, so though. I was trying to find a club team. Okay. And I, and I, I had a very academic process. I, I had like five different criteria that I was selected for, and I was grading each team on it. <laughs> but and then while I was doing this very rigorous process, I was like, oh, you know, I already got the built-in the built-in thing with the USA here. So let me just go ahead and hop all the mm-hmm. way in on that. And um, once I saw they had black people too, then I was like, ah, oh, man, I mean, we in here. We in here for sure. For sure, for sure. So, um, yeah. Yeah, people talk about like we haven't learned it. We didn't learn anything from it. And I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's true in some ways. But we did definitely transition to a younger generation. It's, it remains to be seen how successful they can be. But uh, much be much rather be riding with this crew than with uh you know michael bradley and will trap and that whole crowd so bobby wood yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> so we did we did turn we did turn the page in the player pool and that just in itself is a exciting thing let's let's move to the the weekend's action because there was a lot of it a lot of good news let's start with one christian mate pulisic pulisic for chelsea Fine curling effort in the first half, tipped over by Saar, and he might get another chance now. Pulisic, and it's 2-0. Habits in the first half, Pulisic in the second. Scored a goal. Lovely. Did you guys see how close that came to hitting the goalkeeper? Mm-hmm. You know? And if it had? Oh, man. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would have had the worst game in the history of a Chelsea player. Cause he, but what a goal though! Definitely would have been because he didn't convert sure. on a couple other good chances too, right? The header and the yeah, he had a shot powered over. He could probably have been a bit calmer on that one. And then the the header one was really hard. That was a really hard one. headers are hard. Man. That that was a far away header. He did do it not not great. I think we can admit you're kind of a student of the far away header, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it's just, but it was actually kind of similar to the header that Havertz scored later. One of those ones where you kind of got to hit it high and get it over. And then he had, after that, the, yeah. obviously the shot that got saved. And that's kind of when the mood yeah, the, started to turn, I think. Well, number one, most importantly, he started at left wing. Or at least he was a left-sided player. 
I don't know if he's necessarily was a, a winger per se. There seemed to be a little defendant involved in that. But um, yeah, like in between the chances, I, I kind of thought the game was was a mixed bag. He, he was he was giving the ball away a little bit, a little loose on the carry specifically. Sometimes where I mean, like we've talked about before, that he probably mm-hmm. could have released it, released it before before getting tackled or losing it or whatever. But he did um, have some plays that he he yeah. did release it on though. I guess one in particular when he put Mount in for a shot. He did. And then you're right, it was very very much on the left, so it was kind of that repeated thing where he's got the ball and there's two defenders and they're backpedaling a little bit and he's gotta decide whether to drive in and play it out and he's kinda of just doing that for most of the first half. I thought pretty effectively. Yeah. Yeah, he had that, that same exact situation <laughs> that same exact situation happening multiple times in that in that first half. But uh yeah man, I mean this is this is what we like to see. It's it's great. It's great that he's you know he's starting on the left. It's great that he scored a goal. Uh, Waki, as you talked about, he had that shot from like thirty yards out. Yeah. Well, you you, you know we we talked about this before, but I just I, I, like I can't really gauge uh, soccer distances. <laughs> we we don't lines. really have any idea how I, far I, I, away I it was. <laughs> it was outside the box. I'll tell you that. He also um, had, one of the pl- the plays that the the TV people got on him a little bit was when. The keeper was out, and he got it, but kind of in traffic. He came pretty close to megging. He did meg the defender with a little pass, mm-hmm. but it looks like he just lost it. He actually tapped it through his legs. It just wasn't at the right angle. It, that could have been a, a, a big assist. This game came after uh, Pulley was an unused sub in the midweek as Chelsea won 3-0 over Milan. And this was why we were always optimistic about playing time. So it's a lot of fixtures, a lot of fixtures going on, a lot of different focuses for Chelsea. Um, and hopefully, e- even if he's not like a Champions League starter, you know, at least hopefully he can, you know, he's put himself in contention for sub appearances off the bench. Yeah, Graham Potter said after the game that he's a human being. He wants to play. Uh, so, sounds about right to me. And then Eric Winalda rushed to his defense in the middle of the game, you know, calling uh, calling out what he perceived as uh English bias against Pulisic. I did see that tweet. <laughs> there were some tweets out there about that. That was kind of the mood. It's always it's always tricky when um when all the names himself as one of your allies. He called him a uh, homeboy Pulisic. <laughs> I I clocked that. I will say that going back, I was trying to get audio of them being really uh kind of over the top toward him, and because the, the, there was complaints that they were being too negative to toward him in the broadcast. It wasn't that bad. I wanted like really good examples. They weren't that good. Color me shocked. It was like, yeah, it was a bit too negative. But I, as I was watching, I was like, this is terrible. These people are monsters. But the, going back on the tape, it was, unfortunately, there weren't really clear examples of them savaging him. Oh, oh, and before I forget, we, we got to talk about this tiger celebration. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Let's talk it's about just, it. Well, what do you think about it? Bro, dude, I, look, well, well, what I think about it is if we get a big goal from Christian Pulisic in the World Cup and he does that shit, I'm going to be ashamed. I'm going to be ashamed. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not tweeting out the highlight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not sending this to my friends. Like, 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 oh, look at this huge moment for U.S. soccer. You're going uh, like, to refuse what's he doing to tweet with his out arm? the highlight yeah. based on this, this Tiger celebration if he scores a goal at the World Cup? I I mean I appreciate Vince standing yes. by his principles here. I'm not going to go so far to. as to say that I won't do that. Um, but I I think you know, I think we might actually be locked into the Tiger celebration though. So it might just be we might be better off just supporting it at this point. I mean, come on, bro. As as just it's just not good. It, it's it's you know I don't use the word cringe often. It but, can be good. It I mean, can come be. On. He, he, it can be a good celebration. I, I'll say that. That's what I think. It, it can be. But when, when, when you're in the middle of sliding and also you try to hold yeah. it up, like you, can, you can't be moving because, you know what I'm saying, it, 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 your, your forearm placement has to be yeah, precise. You should not be. I don't for, even think he should be doing knee slides. He's, he, he's once injured himself with one, you know. So let's no more. I mean, score as many goals as you can, but let's. I would trade, keep doing the tiger. Let's pause on the knee slide. 
Uh, I, I don't like the Tiger either. I mean, if, if he scores a goal at the World Cup and he's and he and he is so full of his own ideas and plans that he slides to his knees and puts his forearm tattoo over his eyes, I'll be really surprised. Like he he should be. He, That's interesting. He should be running around. Yeah, uh, he should be running like a you know crazy what, man. What's interesting yeah, yeah. is, yeah, we know, we know bells. We know you and yeah. I just want to re, I just want to reiterate my position I, here. I think it's really interesting <laughs> that you and Vince have completely different celebration philosophies, but have agreed on this for kind of different reasons. But I think it goes to, you yeah, know, it says a lot. It says something about the human family. I yeah. think doesn't it? Yeah. Well, let's move on to. Uh, Unless there's anything else on Pulisic. From oh, no, that's it. That's it. All right. All right. Pepe scored a brace. One was a penalty. The other was uh, a goal, which I will play the audio from here because it's a wonderful Dutch call on it. Here we go. Komt u wel al gewonnen? Ricardo Pepe. Goeie combinatie. 2-2. Wat een goal, zeg, voor Groningen. En weer maakt hij hem. Ricardo Pepe. Crowd is going nuts. Uh, but the the joy was a little bit short lived because ten man Groningen uh, went down three two later in the game and lost again. It doesn't really matter that much for our purposes. Pepe is uh, he's scoring goals. The penalty was good. How what did you think of the volley, Vince? Oh, it was it was crazy. I, I didn't I didn't expect to see that when I <laughs> when I clicked the video. I mean, it was absolutely filthy. Like the flick that came from. I think this was from a. This goal is from a. Oh, it was from a long throw in. That's right. Possibly the only goal I've ever seen from a long throw in. So long throw in comes in. Um, somebody heads it in like uh, Rico's general direction, and the flick, mm. the flick, the flick was so nice. Like I paused it last night watching it, and you know his back is about like parallel to the ground, uh, getting in a nice position just to softly lay that off, lays it off to the man that's that's backboarding. I, I guess is that his, is that a strike partner? Mm, I don't know who that was. I mean, it was, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to to the man who was backboarding, uh, and just for, like from from the flick does just you know just a nice nice movement in the box. Yep. To to be able to receive the return and just smash that thing back into the ground and into the goal. And credit to the that credit was, to the backboard, by the way. That was quite a yeah that was, yeah that was for quite sure. some placement. And then I I really I liked for his sure. celebration. Really solid emotion, running shoulder bump with the teammate. Then he kind of kicked an ad board, kind of like almost stood on it type of thing. So that was really solid. Yeah. yeah. Ca- uh, camera, camera pan to a guy who had like six beers yeah. in his hands. And I, that <laughs> stadium, I think, looks like that's, we should make a trip there. Gron again. That would be fun. Just there. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they, they were going crazy for sure. And I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Rico knew that that thing was not like standable. He that that had no, but he was really he adjusted to it really really quickly. He got his weight right, off right, that right. one he had too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that thing started tipping. He was like, ah, just I'm knock get out of here. I'm, I'm, he just meant to knock it over. He played it well. He played it well. Even even without you know the goal, and I guess he was probably feeling good just you know from already getting on the score sheet with the penalty. But he was he was busy all match, just popping up everywhere, uh, just being available for the ball. Yeah. They love him up there. I think he did. You did you notice after? So after he scored, he was like chasing a ball down in the corner. It was still two two, and he he hustled, got to the ball, backheeled it off one of those wall like defenders, and out of bounds, won a throw in, and the crowd just erupted. They're like so happy about I, Pepe right now. I love it. it. Feels great. Yeah, I love it. And and you know just they, like this type of performance. Right here, um, it's just one of those ones, man. Like it's 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 just been a while. It's been a while for Rico, and uh, it like it just reminds you he is that. Uh, I don't know if I want to say elite prospect, but like one uh, famous NFL coach said, I don't know what his name is, but he he is who we thought he was. Yeah, he is who we he's, thought he was. And he's only he, nineteen. He's still only nineteen. Right, man was born in two thousand and three. It's coming. Uh, what about the penalty? Denny Green? Joaquin. Was it Denny Green who said that? Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. are who we thought they were. That's what, yeah. <laughs> what was the question, Adam? Sorry. No, I just wanted you to talk about the penalty a little bit. Oh, really calmly put into that left corner. And then, again, the celebration. 
just like a really slow, cool jog, no rush. Goes then it goes all the way to the touchline, then does a jump fist pump, but like kind of a tight into the body one, all in really good proportion to the moment. Um, yes, but it's that's a more exactly what it it's was. a more yeah. subtle celebration, but I think it's a, a good example, another good example of really how it should be done. Yeah, man, he's a better he's a better celebrator than Christian Pulisic. I'm gonna I'll say that <laughs> full stop. I think the, I I, I have him as our best celebrator. I could be forgetting somebody. I would hear uh, Anthony out. Jedi, yeah, I was yeah. about to say Jedi. I give it to Jedi. Yeah. For me, for me. But um, man, I I just don't know why we couldn't have got this loan a, a little bit sooner. <laughs> is is well, he was only at Augsburg for one half season, and Augsburg does sound like it could have worked. Right. It turns out it we didn't know what we were we didn't really know what Augsburg was, but you know yeah. It seemed like a low enough in the table team. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like they're they're not too fancy down there. They can they can accept and incorporate well, a 19 year old well, striker. The, that's exactly the point that they you know are not fancy specifically. Like their players, <laughs> their players have have no couth to them. This is what we no, this is what we didn't realize. No that's an excellent point. Then. <laughs> Yeah, it was a trap. But it's all good now. It's all good now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about uh, Josh Sargent because he also scored. Here's the audio. He's shaking off his injury problem. Sargent has seized possession on the left. Cuts in towards the penalty area. It's Sargent for Norwich. And he scores. And it's only taken one minute and 44 seconds for Norwich City to become the first team to score against Preston when they're on their travels this season. Thumping finish from Sargent. A little busy of a commentator there. It's kind of like the AM radio call, you know, for a baseball. <laughs> One thing I've learned with all these people, in the, all these players in the championship, is that, you know, each championship team's uh, in-house announcers, they're, they're just, I mean, the, the most homer of homers. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? They're very entertaining, all of them. If you can ever listen to them at at any point, you, I would recommend it. Yeah, I like. I actually liked his style. You did. Yeah, I don't know. But maybe it, if just not let, for a let whole the game. crowd breathe a little yeah. bit is my thought. Go ahead. Sorry. I was. Well, I was just saying maybe not. For, I would have to listen to the the whole game to know for sure. Funny thing is, Y Scout doesn't. When have you noticed that when Y Scout puts a championship game up, they don't put any of the commentary. Yeah, I think that's why I've never heard it. Because I don't lie. That's the only place I was championship. Well, Nor- Norwich lost. So that was the goal from Sargent, like he said, in the first minute of the game, first very, very early in the game. Uh, it was a interesting goal. He, he put it through the legs of a defender at the edge of the box and then beat the keeper, I think mostly because the keeper was unsighted. Because you, you watch it, you're like, the keeper should get to that. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't in the corner. It was close to the middle of the goal. But you know, he but just kicked he, it so confidently; it felt like it should go in. Yes, and yeah. it, and the way he the way he strikes the ball in that in a goal like that, and the way it, it kind of spins up in the back of the net, just kind of rela- it has like sort of a relaxing feel to it. I like the way I like the way Sargent puts the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, he he also um, he also had two. I mean, he had a he had a good game. I would say even more active and progressive than ricardo pepe was and i thought pepe had a good game too but he also had um i think he had six shots in the game but two of them in particular were really close to being goals one was uh in the first half right after he scored a few minutes after he scored he he ran onto like a a head a headed flick and maybe should have taken a volley on it but settled it and then kind of allowed a defender to step in front of him and did some nice footwork to get a shot off just hit it right at the keeper, drew a good save. And then early in the second half, he got another shot. This one was a volley on a, like kind of a deflection that he just punished into the ground. And un, it's just unlucky that it was right at the keeper because it was, uh, he hit it so well. And he, he punished it with composure too. It was yeah. a controlled punishment of that ball. Kind of yep. into the ground. And... We, we, we don't talk enough about the in the ground, into the ground finish. It's you know? yeah no we don't we certainly don't we should we should start talking about it a lot it's very a good good way to finish it's so hard for the the goalkeeper to understand the trajectory of that ball yeah I I hadn't thought about it until I saw Rico's goal but yeah after that yeah yeah now that we're scoring goals like nice this, then we should mm-hmm. we should 
first of all, keep doing them and then make sure we're talking about them. Should we do a whole episode on it? Yes. I think we should. Okay. Let's do it. The history of the national team players hitting the ball into the ground and into the goal like that. Mm-hmm. Norwich was all over Preston. They did, like, they did end up losing 3-2, but mostly because of some loose goalkeeping from the Norwich goalkeeper, Cruel. And, yeah, um, he was he was pretty damn bad. <laughs> pretty got bad. Beat, got beat at his near post on the third. Gave it away on the second, leading to the second. Sergeant can't do anything about that. Just like Pepe can't do anything about one of his guys getting sent off for a dog so. So it's too bad they both lost, but it doesn't really matter for our purposes. Anything else on? Oh, yeah. Anything else on Sergeant? Well, okay. So right now, Norwich sit atop the table, um, the championship table, with Sheffield United on 24 points. And I have to ask you two, do we actually want them back in the prem? I think for the universe to continue being how it should be, they need to keep going up and down just every year forever. Um, but for Josh, okay. Okay. yes. Also, yes. We want him to play in the Premier League. <laughs> Why? Why do we want to do that? Uh, especially um, because, you know, he, he, he is playing on the wing in all these, in all these matches, really, ever since uh, Pookie got back to, to fitness. The, so, okay, so do, I th- do we want him playing wing back again? Oh, yeah, there is that no. issue. We would like him to play striker. I, I was thinking, do we want the... I was thinking it was, you were asking in terms of, do we want him to just continue being successful at this level well that yeah no well that that too but do we want do we want to put ourselves through what we put ourselves through last year and not not only that but you know that it could potentially have you know the same um effects on his national team appearances that it did last year you know how like he found himself out of the national team if he goes back up to the prim and is, uh, you know, just putting in good, good hard shifts of getting dirty and not creating anything. I, 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 th- I think he, I, th- I hear what you're saying, and I may agree with you. I suspect that he feels like he needs to give the Premier League another try. You know, it might not work. I think it will work, but. Un- unfinished business. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. It is a tricky one. I, I guess my hope is, you know, he's on, he's on pace. He has seven goals in 13 games. So I th- think that puts him on pace for 20 goals, like 20 plus goals. You know, who knows if that'll happen, but I guess my hope is he does enough to prove himself that like Pookie leaves and he becomes the, the full on striker or even better, he gets bought by a bigger team. I don't know how often that happens, but. That would be nice. So I I feel like so we got Pookie leaving. Um, that's 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 one thing that could that could help, and possibly he he gets so many goals that that just carries him throughout this next prim campaign that he still gets called up by um wh- whoever it is you know it might not be Greg Berhalter, Marcelo um, Bielsa. Ooh ooh. <laughs> Do we? I don't. Do we? Yes, we we do want that. Of course, we want that. We also got to remember that. uh, Well, I guess the the World Cup cycle is going to be compressed a little bit because of this late World Cup we're having. But even with a compressed cycle, Sergeant's not going. I mean, even if he misses all the games in the first, like say they go back to the Prem, he has a a similar situation that he had the last time he was in the Premier Premier League. It's not going to really hurt his twenty twenty six World Cup situation even if he doesn't get called up for a year, you know? There's so much time before the yeah. next World Cup. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I mean, unless the player, you know, unless the player pool just starts, uh, starts really leveling up in the way we all hope it does, then it gets a little tricky. When do but... we find out if that's happening, by the way? About if what? it's leveling up? Yeah, when up? do we know? The, Will we just kind of know next year sometime what's happening with these next group of folks? I guess you guys well, know. Well, I just, still I just the... don't. I should just listen to a podcast about it. Never mind. Well, I don't know. I think it's hard to know. I mean, because we all thought it was happening already, and I, I still do think it 
has happened. Yeah. But Just be good to know. I guess we've hit this level now. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. We shall see. Like, I guess we do have, even after the World Cup, if he, if he doesn't go, which I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I probably wouldn't put my money on it. Um, I guess we have next summer. What, we got Nations League or something? Nation League finals? Something? We got something in the Nation- spring or something? What's going on? Mm. Yeah, I guess we've already done some Nations League. We have, yeah, we have two more Nations League games in the Mar- in March, and then are the finals in the sp- in the summer? I don't know, man. Yeah, the soccer. Either way, is it, does soccer it. go back to a normal schedule eventually, or is it just always going to be kind of crazy from now on? I don't know when anything is. I think it goes back to a normal schedule after this World Cup and on the Arabian Peninsula. Should we talk about Pifak? We don't have to talk about him long. But he didn't score. No, he didn't. He didn't have any chances. Nope. He almost created one with defense, but it didn't quite come off. He was pressing and won the ball. And then mm-hmm. it kind of got caught up and he didn't get a shot off. It wasn't that interesting of a game other than that. I mean, no, the game was interesting. He was not that interesting, I didn't think. Well, no, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't have took that back, Waki, because I have to say no Union game is really that, that interesting. They just be <laughs> kicking the ball. Right. Back and forth. Yeah. Back and forth. Be looking like volleyball out there. In, um, yes, in an absolute sense. Abs- this was not interesting at all. But it was, you know, it was a Union game. Yep. yep. Geraldo Becker's pretty interesting when he gets on the ball. Bro, he's, he's nice. He's real nice. If, if, he was the, if he was the U.S. eligible player, like, he would, he would be my starter immediately. Mm. He is. He's a player for real. Yeah. Yeah, he is. All right, Jesus Ferreira, season's over and Major League Soccer season is over. Decision day was yesterday. Yep. Isn't decision, <laughs> doesn't <happened>? decision day <laughs> make it sound like people are making decisions, like deciding things? Isn't that normally what it means? Well, you know, people are getting their fates. Yeah, I mean, I, get, I get it. You know, thumbs up and a thumbs down. Yeah, we don't need that. I don't need it. You're right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jesus got an assist. To um, one, Sebastian Legette, uh, what Jesus wanted in this game was a goal to set the FC Dallas like single season record for goals in a season, and he did not get it. But you know, still got on the score sheet. Paul Ariola also scored. Mm. So, was Jesus sad about that that he didn't win the single season FC Dallas scoring record? I I saw somebody on the I think it was Jackie on the Discord said he was he was sad. I don't know. I think like maybe after the game or something, he looked distraught. I don't know what was going on, but ah, he'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. He he had a great season, man. Great campaign. Yep. Back in mid-August, David in Indianapolis, great friend of the pod, more buildings and food. If you're following on Discord, asked how many goals each striker needed to score before the World Cup to be on the plane. I think we were all assuming Ferreira was a lock back then. And probably still are. And but here's what I said in this purely scientific exercise. I said Pepe needed two, Pfock needed four, Sergeant needed seven, Wright needed seven, Haji Wright needed seven, and Hoppy needed twenty. So <laughs> yeah, he had Matthew Hoppy in the question. Let us put. So Hoppy's obviously not a- applicable. I don't even know if he scored a goal yet this season. Yo, he. Um, um, I think you put I, I the right wanna... number on it, twenty. Yeah, for sure. But I, I, I just want to mention he made his debut yesterday or Saturday. One of for who? For Middlesbrough. Okay. Oh. He came on like the 75th minute or something like that. That's cool. Yeah. He's one for 2026, 20, maybe. Um, so since then, now the, the updated numbers are Pepe now has four goals. So he's doubled what I thought was his uh, minimum requirement. PFOC has four. I think he already had three when I said that he needed four. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> And Sargent has seven, which is his requirement. And then Wright has five, but none since August. Since August. So, mm-hmm. How long ago did you... It seems like you did a pretty good job saying these numbers. I think they all sound exactly right. When did you say them? In August. Yeah, mid-August. Okay. Yeah, so... Very nice. Sargent, I guess maybe that I, was numbers a little off. He probably needs like two or three more at this point. Yeah. For sure. You guys don't think he's going to get called up? You don't think he's going to be there? Look, 
I mean, no, I do. I do. Uh, are we taking four strikers? Well, let's let's ask a question before we get into that. Let's ask Max. So this is Max Dressbach, who says he's the guy who had the Burhalter out sign on College Game Day a few weeks ago in Columbus, Ohio. He seems to be Burhalter's guy and probably Burhalter's starter. But Pepe is playing out of his mind right now in the Netherlands. He's got five goal contributions in four games. Sargent just scored again for Norwich. PFOC is playing really well for one of the best clubs in the Bundesliga right now. But you probably can't take four strikers. And based off the last pool, it seems like the guy who'd be left off is PFOC, which means we don't have a plan B striker. And Berhalter's plan A hasn't really worked. So what are we thinking of that striker pool? Do we think it's a possibility that all four go, considering Sargent plays on the wing half the time for Norwich and is probably a better winger option than some of the guys who keep making the roster, like uh, Jordan Morris? Or do we think they're only going to take three? And if we only take three, who's left out? I think PFOC's going to be left out. That's what I think. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think Greg's going to leave. Going to leave Jordy out. I hope not. Maybe this is... I'm, I'm probably, uh, you know, throwing a logic to the wind here. Just speak with my heart. But he, he, I, I would hope he brings Jordan P. Fox. It would just be surprising if he didn't, right? He's just a completely different type of striker that you might, you might want to have at some point. You got you t- might 26 players. That sounds like a lot to me. I'd bring, I'd bring, and, I'd bring like seven strikers, not seven. You know, I'd bring four, five. Yeah, so I'm saying, like, like I would, I would probably bring four to be honest. Instead of, I mean, we got 26. I'm, I'm probably not going to load up on right backs as we talked about before. You know, what I'm saying, uh, I'd probably just bring, you know, a, a right back and a backup right back, left back, backup left back. Um, if it leaves Scally out, then it is what it is. But I'd, I'd definitely rather get another striker on here. I'm down with four strikers, especially if, you know, given that Sargent can play the wing, as Max pointed out, you know, we could just bring Sargent and leave Brendan Aronson at home. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Um, (laughs) But Jordan Morris, yeah, he could stay home, as far as I'm concerned, to allow us to bring four strikers. I don't know that Morris, you know, brings that much to the table. I'm sure he's a great guy. Not saying he's not a great guy. Just excellent man. Yeah, I don't know that Peacock is playing out of his mind though. Is he? Is he playing out of his mind? No, no, no. He does not. I don't think reaches the threshold of playing out of his mind. And and really, in my opinion, Wait, he I, never. Was. I thought he said Pepe was playing out of his mind. Yeah, he did. But he said Peacock is playing really well for the best team in the Bundesliga. Okay. okay. Which okay, fine. Sergeant can be the change of pace guy too. He's pretty. He's got those big glutes. He's strong. You do got them glutes. But at the end of the day, like even no matter how PFOC is actually playing, I, I like I still think he should he should come, man. He should come. Okay. Four strikers. That's our position. Honestly, if I I know this is people are gonna think I'm crazy that for saying this, but honestly, I think if I was gonna leave any of them home. Of the four, I'd leave Ferreira home. Hey man, and you you know what? Uh, like like as I as as I keep watching them more and more for the national team, I'm 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 kind of just like, eh, like is this gonna work out? Is it? It's not. It's not gonna work out. I I know that's like scuffed heresy to say that because Greg's been on the Ferreira. Greg's been, I think, more of a fan of Ferreira than most people. For a longer time, he's not like a he's not an ideologue about it, but so and, it's a little bit scuffed heresy. But yeah, I don't think it's gonna work. Yeah, and and uh, I don't know. And the the thing is, he 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 kind of has been like the best player that we've played in the in the striker position so far in this cycle. In my opinion, I think he has played the best. But it, it's it's just something about like being able to physically control space when you were a striker can't do it yeah he just can't do it and i feel like that's something that we're gonna need and i would even disagree that he i think peppy at least challenges him 
for the one who played the best for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily a cut and drop, but yeah, Peacock, Peacock and Sargent basically didn't get a chance to play well at striker. So that's where we are. This is, as you have probably figured out, the Monday review, and I think we're going to make this one public. We'll see. We'll decide once we're done recording. But if you would like it delivered to your phone every week, join the Patreon. And uh, the link is in the link is in the show. If notes. you're wondering the reason we're going to wait and decide isn't because we're not sure it's going to be good. They're all really good and you should become a patron <laughs> because all of them, literally all of them are just incredible. You get a lot of other stuff for joining the patron t- Patreon too. You get um, access to the discord, which is kind of like our intelligence gathering and uh, editorial board apparatus, the hive mind. Yeah. It's the hive mind. And then, and it is, it is pretty fun. Also you get, um, you can upload sound bites to the soundbite upload channel. We can play those and listen to those on the on the show. You can also get walkies and my interviews with people in in their full glory. You know, we put the we put like thirty minutes on the public feed. We save some of the better stuff for the second half and publish those. We've done we've interviewed Jimmy Conrad and Jenny Chu, and we've got one with Michele Giannone coming up. It'll come out later this week. It's also very good. And then the other thing you get is our historic recaps. We've recapped four old World Cup games, and those are, I think, pretty fun too. So join us. Should we get to the injuries and returns? There's a lot of news on this front. First of all, Tim Weah. He is back. He is back, ladies and gentlemen. He had 25 minutes at left wing, left wing, mm. uh, for Lil against Lens. Um, I thought he was pretty clean for the most part, man. Pretty clean. I, uh, he I looks, agree. I, th- I thought he was explosive, bright. Yeah, he he looked pretty pretty damn sharp, to be honest. Um, and he also he he did flub a chance, a huge chance in the ninety third minute. Ever. <laughs> I think uh, that that thing registered at like point between point seven five and point eight five xg, depending on where you're where you're getting it from, but. Uh, yeah, and and it was that big of a chance, absolutely huge chance. Um, I think it was a a long ball, like a second ball, that came back in Tim's direction. That he actually he won with somebody on his back, controlled it, you know, got it off his feet um, to a teammate, and then continued his run um, to the let's let me think to the right side of the box yep. because the the way he grabbed it and controlled it, he was moving towards the right, so he laid it off. Did a big looping run. Yeah. It was actually, it's actually kind of comical to. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's like a no, great backdoor. It's trademark. He just arrives at the back door, kind of disappears with a loop while the ball goes the other way. Yeah. He, he almost looked like a cartoon character, like doing that run to, to me. Yeah. It, it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of funny. But uh, anyway, he found himself on the, on the right side of the box. Um, and Jonathan David on the left side, basically in the Man City zone. Uh, Cross across the face of goal for Tim that all he had to do was meet uh, with a little, maybe like a little side volley. Um, he had some pressure on his back from a, from a lens defender and um, he, he failed. He failed at putting the ball in the back of the net. I'm going to call it unlucky. It, I, I think it was a little bit unlucky just from like it, the... I mean, you, you can't really miss from there without being unlucky is how close it yeah. was. <laughs> like you could do a pretty Wait, bad job it? and still score there. You get you need some bad yeah, luck. He he needs to meet that with his head or mm. his pelvis or something a little more reliable than going going to ground and trying to side volley it out of the ground from a from a laying down position. Yeah, right, right. That was it was actually That's, pretty ambitious. <laughs> he made it he made it very complicated. Oh, maybe I himself. need to watch this replay again. I was I was kind of letting him off the hook there. Uh, it's a bummer because it would have capped off a really a really bright performance. His return to the field, but yeah. yeah, he bounced it over the he bounced it over the crossbar from a yard out, bro. Yeah, it's like, hard to do. I think he, I would. It's almost better that? if you looking back at your career. You know, when it's all said and done, you you, you almost like to have a few plays like that, like impossible <laughs> plays. Who cares? Like, so what? He scores there. They're already up one nothing. You'd much rather have done this in the long run. Yeah. And um, I like I I wasn't watching when it happened. But when I saw people in Discord describe it as like a cross, 
that like met his foot and he and he skied it. I thought it was one of those ones, you know, you see like a, the cross come in to somebody that's like standing up and it comes right to their foot, like with them in front of goal and they just absolutely sky it somehow. I, I thought it was I thought it was one of those, which in my opinion is is more embarrassing. But uh, you know, also the ball was just I mean, coming it, in really fast. It was fizzed. It was fizzed, but yeah. And and also him playing a left wing is notable. Leo has a new manager. I think it's uh Fonseca. Used to be at Roma pre pre Mourinho. The the Fonseca that Brian Reynolds signed for. Okay. Before he was forsaken. You know, we, we just haven't seen Tim Forum play for him yet. So if he prefers like inverted wingers, um I can't even with, remember like, people, seeing him play on the Ever yeah, it's been there. a it's been a very long time. <laughs> it's been played a very the, long time. Played for the there for the US U seventeens. Scored that scored that banger against Paraguay. I don't know right. if you guys remember that, but I do. I do. It was uh featured on his uh his rising video on YouTube. Mm. But um if he if he is playing on the left wing, if if his manager does view him as a left winger, he has a little bit stronger competition with Jonathan Bamba over there than he would on the right. So just just something to to note. Yeah, and I noticed he he was not very interested in taking the ball to the end line with his left foot. He would uh he would cut it back and come back onto his right foot. Hmm. It it is um it is worth pointing out this was a this was a big win for Leo over Lance, their um chief rival, who is also ahead of them in the table, so good for Leo. Okay, okay. Yunus Musa, Yunus Musa is back as well. This is just great news, and both of these things are great news. Let's just pause and acknowledge how good of news these things are. This is a good weekend. <laughs> this is a re- this is a, st- a really strong weekend with the news and with some poor performances. This is this yeah. is this is looking good. We're we're gonna do really what well, good at the World Cup now. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be fine and great. Yeah. Yep, goes back and forth each week. <laughs> each week is a referendum on on how we're gonna do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the boy is back. Twenty eight minutes, twenty eight minutes off the bench against uh, Osasuna, and uh, you know he like Eunice immediately got busy. Immediately, yeah, he had a trademark run and like one of his first touches, just left three players in the dust. Um, and just you know he he basically hit him with a little with a little hezzy. Like the the ball came into him, he like settled it. Kind of looked looked away like he was disinterested, like he was just going to get rid of it. Then boom, dusted all them boys. Great to see John Madden, someone aggressively taking that in taking that space in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, he did get caught. He did get caught in possession deep once. Um, just trying to do a, a little bit too much, a little bit too much. Probably trying to get another run going. Um, because he he actually like fainted past the first the first defender and it was the second one that got him where he was just trying to get extremely busy. Like he, he, he just should have passed the ball with his left foot there. He had a midfielder in the middle, just waiting on it. Um, but, uh, once he got caught in possession, he immediately fouled. I think it was the striker that took it from him. And, uh, he almost had an assist. Attaboy Eunice. He, he did a lot in 20, <laughs> in 28 minutes. Uh, Anthony Robinson is back. Fulham lost again, but he's back. Started. Went ninety, I believe. Yeah, and I don't think he looked very rusty. He looked lively, fresh, winning headers, getting forward, and so forth. He did do it. He did sky ball across, hit it really high. But he also had an, a good cross that went right along the ground, and almost led to a goal. I don't think it was peak and, Anthony, but it was the type of energetic performance that you, you want to see, which is kind of the same with Waya and Musa and Anthony all coming back at the same time. And looking good. Yeah, they they all looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, which like Anthony, like I said before, that was the one I was least worried about. Like that man can just that man can just wake up out of bed and and, and give you ninety. He's built different. Yeah, he's built different. He can, you know, wake up from hibernation and just give you give you a, a easy ninety up and down the touchline, clamps, all that. So, <laughs> Cameron, Cameron Carter Vickers is back in the lineup for Celtic. He had missed the last two league games and the Champions League fixture with Leipzig because of an injury. So it's good to see him back. And Celtic won, of course. As you as you may remember, CCV 
missed. He was called in to the camp in September, that dreadful camp in September, and then uh, and then missed it because of an injury. So now he's back. It might be one of those things where he he looks good just by just by not being there. Yep. While we're in Scotland, we should say that uh, our Rangers players didn't play this weekend, did they? Um, uh, neither the, got on the field. They didn't. I don't believe so. Uh, uh, so I was wondering if they didn't have a game. Cause like I, <laughs> I hopped on Y Scout and I was like, uh, because Malik played against Liverpool, um, in the Champions League, and to Did to a lot of line, lineman jogging, uh, supposedly that's what I'm hearing. But I I looked at the stats. He had not, he had nine passes and 18 touches total. So, um, that's probably to be expected against Liverpool. But supposedly, you know, when you don't have the ball, um. Especially against a team like Liverpool, you should be running around all the place, all over the place. And uh, we're we're hearing some reports that he was not running all over the place. It doesn't seem like he's, you know, the sense of urgency isn't there or something. I don't know. Let's what 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 else? There's a more important some more important news. Yeah, we got another piece of good news. Giorena has increased his load in training, and is an option against Sevilla, which is tomorrow. That's according to the coach. So great news. Yeah. Very nice. So once he's back, we'll have one player injured who has a chance of going to Qatar, and that is Chris Richards. And he told Scuffed a week ago that he was less than two weeks from fitness, so I'd expect him back soon. All right. <laughs> Speaking of Crystal Palace, they defeated Leeds 2-1. to one. And um, I, was, uh, I was camping this weekend. I went up to the bathroom on Sunday morning late and my phone was full of notifications about how um aronson is not a butter knife (laughs) and i i see uh, so i so i i went i got home late last night i investigated why is aronson not a butter knife he um he had a he had a very he had a lovely mazy weaving dribble and shot off the post which most of you have seen and he did lay it off once to a surging Tyler Adams for Adams to play Bamford in on goal. Good bit of combination there. Otherwise, I didn't see anything notable from him. Um, and he did have, except for his first shot, which he hit 14 miles per hour, two yards wide of the, the post. So I'll just say, you know, butter knives, they, they, it's not like they can't they cut can, anything. They can do a job. They can do a yeah. little job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> They can, they can cut butter. They can make a real mess Especially out of it. Especially when it's Try to warm. cut a, piece of br- a good piece of bread with one of those things. You're going to mash it all up, though. It's going to be a mess. Yeah, yeah don't try to cut bread with it. You could cut some well-cooked green beans with a butter knife. For sure. For sure. You can, you can do a little job with a butter knife, man. Dep- and it depends on the quality, too. And, you know, how, how long it's been in the family. If it's a family heirloom butter knife, then, you, you know what I'm saying, you can probably... You can probably only use that for spreading butter. I just want, but, I right. just want to go on the record. I consider Brendan Aronson an actual knife. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm an opponent here. Okay. 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 I'm on his side. You're a simp. Yeah. I mean, I don't actually really care, but I don't, I know people get upset about it. So. We're not talking about a knife made of the finest of Valerian steel <laughs> is, is, is all I was. <laughs> no, it was no, uh, in all seriousness, it was a, it was a really nice run. Um, he got busy with him. Yeah. He got busy I, for I, sure. Didn't he? I do think. Well, go I, ahead. Didn't he? I I felt that he seemed to be an important part of when it was going well for Leeds in the first half, and then it was it was terrible in the second half. But wasn't he involved? Wasn't the team doing well? I, I want to give him some credit. Also, it was a, you've already said this, but it was a very good dribble run. And he, yeah. how come nobody stuck a foot in and tried to take it from? Him? I know he, he didn't actually box. have to go. He was in the box for most of it. Yeah, he started a little bit out and then just ran in. He didn't have to actually go by anyone because they kind of backpedaled with him as a pack. But that's hard to get people to do. He gets credit for doing that. Yep. And then to get how do you get you know clean enough shot off that you're hitting the post? That's you know. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. But it's the first uh, time I've ever seen him do that. Yeah. Like dribble into the box and get a shot off, and it was a good shot too. Let's be clear. For sure. And, and, and that's the thing that I've, I've been trying to make sure, make sure that, that people are not able to twist my words. I want to make my position extremely clear that anything I do say is not an actual indictment of what I think Brendan could be in the future. 
we we're seeing him get better. You know what I'm saying? We're seeing him add little things to his game, do things we haven't seen before. It's just I'm talking about right now, this cycle, this World Cup that's coming up. I'm not necessarily sure, uh, necessarily comfortable with him on the wing, because I mean, when you're talking about attacking output, attacking output that you ideally want from like one of your one of your three forwards or whatever, like. Not only do we need uh, this run, we need it like three, four times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we need three, four, five uh, moments. Yeah. I, I, I do feel like he, I hadn't seen this from him before. So now I, this sort of gets filed into like my idea of who Brendan Aronson is. Somebody who can go at a Crystal Palace defense and get a good shot off. Um. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if you've seen him do this before in other contexts. He certainly hasn't done it for the national team. Maybe he did it rapid VN. And when he does a dribble type thing like that, he's normally kind of closer to the end line and coming in from the outside so he doesn't quite have the angle on the shot. It's kind of my, the memory of I have of Brendan Aaron's, the emotional memory of his attacking. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. I don't, I don't remember seeing something like this. Because what is any of this? What is any of this? What is life except a, an emotional memory? Right. Simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what this podcast is is about yeah i just think i just think i'm just a little bit mm, a little miffed that big brendo thinks they have some kind of smoking gun because of this it, it, get out of get out of my face and it, it wasn't there's no way we'd be this critical or i'm not being critical you are being critical you wouldn't be this critical of the performance if people weren't um talking about him so much it's more it's you know, it's almost an interpersonal thing at this point. Yeah. I mean, that's harsh of me to say. No, no, yeah, no, is it? I don't think it's harsh. I think it's, it's, it is a little bit interpersonal. I think people are salty towards me and I'm salty right back at them, you know? Mm. So how was Tyler Adams? Uh, this, this performance was, I mean, it had to be up there with the Chelsea one as far as his best performances for Leeds. Um, he was balling, man. He was absolutely balling. He did all the t- all the Tyler Adams stuff that you co- that you've uh, come to know and love. Plus, you know, what I'm saying uh, you mentioned it earlier, Bell's that uh, layoff that Aronson gave to Tyler, and Tyler slipped him in, slipped Bamford in. That was sexy. What, with <sighs> look, Bamford should have did better there. He should have did better there to me, no doubt. He shot that thing right at the goalkeeper. Like that could have easily been a Tyler Adams assist. Um, and he had another play too that could have been an assist. It's not really coming to me at the moment, but he played a really nice through ball. It must have been in the second half. Uh, well, well, I know that the Bamford one was in the first half. Yeah, and then there was a later yeah. one that was kind of cut through. I don't know if it led to assist, but it's like, yeah, when he has a normal, his normal type of good game with all the basic stuff and the defending, and then he adds, adds like a <laughs> dynamic player too, or play or two to it then uh, he's kind of pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this is why we have to... I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to see it, but when the World Cup comes, we, we got to have Eunice next to him. So he can, do, he can do what he needs to do. You know what I'm saying? And well, like on defense, he can get high, he can go up, he can hunt, because he has people, you know, he still has another uh, quote-unquote defensive midfielder behind him. I mean, he'll... Bob also... Morocco, don't, don't, don't come at me. Yeah. But... uh. Yeah. He's also in the, in the perfect like perfect setup for him too. And it's not the same with the national team. Nope. It's not it's not but but if you remember to the uh Morocco and, and Uruguay, like Tyler was cooking. Yeah. Tyler was cooking. And 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 that and that setup was at least slightly similar to to the one that Jesse Marsh employs where he has uh where Tyler has Mark Roca uh next to him. So, yeah. That's definitely what we want. I, I, let me just say, I think I do. Let me say one more time. I do think Aronson, that run from Aronson was impressive. The layoff to Adams that set up the even more impressive Adams outside of the boot, boot ball for um, Bamford was also impressive. I, so I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to take anything away from those things. But like overall, that's it for him in the game. I'm sorry, Waki. I mean, there may be this general sense from the first 10 minutes of the game that because Lee's was good, therefore Aronson was the reason for it or whatever. Oh, uh, uh, I don't, I, I didn't see that in, in, in my research. And 
And also, Marsh might be in trouble. They, they, this was a toothless hold on, hold on. attack. Go ahead. Uh, I, I don't even think we mentioned that the, the shot off the post led to a goal. Like oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. the rebound was, was shot into the... <laughs> so we, you know, so we, we, we got to give him that. We got to give him that. Uh, I don't yeah, think we mentioned that. It's as good as an assist, for sure. For sure. Um, but after that, you know, that, so they had six shots in the game. Leeds did two of them on that one sequence, Aronson's and the and the Rodrigo rebound. And then the a third shot was Aronson's very, very poor shot earlier in the game from the right side of the box. And then they just they didn't they were toothless the rest of the game. And I mean, maybe not the rest of the game, but definitely in the second half they were toothless. It was a serious bummer of a loss. Did you, how about, did you say he might be in trouble? Well, this, I was just, I'm just thinking that 3-0 win over Chelsea is basically carrying Jesse Marsh right now. That's, that's basically what he has to his name. Yep. So, uh, I mean, it is yeah, true they dominate big sections of games and then... They did. I mean, that, that first, what, 30 minutes, 35 minutes? I mean, shoot, shoot, the whole first half, really. Yeah. The whole first half, they, they had them. They had them. But they just don't, you know, they don't got enough attacking talent. They just don't. What are you talking about? They have Brendan Aronson. Look, man, you, you got to pair Brendan with somebody else. Too. <laughs> Bamford hasn't scored since, like, uh, it's been a long time. I know that. I, I saw it during the game. It's been a long time. And, uh, you know, I've always actually thought of Bamford as a, a decent player. But um, yeah, they need they need something. They need something. Well, Milan beat Juventus. Now we're in the now we're coming into the very clearly bad news section of the podcast. We're getting close to the end. Dest was sent back to the bench. McKinney came on at the half for Juventus. Yep, uh, came on for Quadrado. Um, so he was playing that uh, that right wing, uh, right mid position. He was um, pretty good, right? He was fine, at least. Yeah, he was fine. Juventus is just bad. It was, he wasn't inspired out there, and he had a giveaway, but he was generally sharp. Probably not even that much to talk about with the performance. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Juve got, like, got beat, beat pretty soundly. Pretty soundly. Uh, but the, surge. The, the real bad news isn't McKenney's performance. It's that right. Des didn't even get off the bench, and why was that? Uh, because he was absolutely ass uh, midweek against Chelsea. He got the start, man. Big opportunity. Big opportunity for him. And he was not very good. He was not very good. And it's one of those ones where, like, during the game, uh, we were, you, you, you know how we are. You know, the game threads on Discord or whatever, try to see things through a, through a USMNT tinted, tinted glasses, you know. We're like, oh, you know, does he's, he's he's been a little shaky, whatever. But but you know, overall, he's he's probably okay. But you know, it's one of those things. Where, like if you go back and watch that match, like nah, no, he wasn't good, and he had plenty of opportunities to be good. Like the ball found him quite a bit, and yeah, I think that's he, fair. he did next to nothing with it. I was and, one of those saying like he was, you know, he was like a step below fine. Somebody somebody said he was fine. I said nah, not fine, but you know, step. <laughs> Step below, fine. And, and Andy, t- <laughs> he wasn't a step. He was a couple steps, three or four he, steps below, fine. He he touched the ball. What uh, what he thought it? He he thought there was a foul called or something. And the oh, ball yeah. came to him, and he like touched it and and, and settled it. Serge is a funny dude, man. It's a funny dude. Uh, you know, we talked about the other players coming back from injury or long layoffs or whatever and looking pretty sharp um, have, have yet to really see that from Serge, un- unfortunately. Unfortunately. And, and also uh, Kalulu, their, I, I, I mean, I guess they brought Destin to be their third right back, which... You don't want to be the third right back on a really big team. <laughs> if it's like a really big club, you don't want to, that's not where you want to be. Yeah. Um, or anyway, I guess any team. Yeah, the, the dude that started against Juventus, uh, Kalulu, he is also supposed to be pretty good. So we shall see. Um, you know, they, they got another Champions match, 
Champions League match this week, I assume. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah. Nobody said it was easy. That's for you, Joey-O. Um, Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe there'll be another injury. What about Joe Scally? Oh, man. So we talked about this being the, the bad news portion of the podcast. It ends here. No bad news here. Good news is back. Rumors. Rumors. Slander on my man's name of Joe Scally's demise. It's been highly exaggerated. Um, and, you know, I got to slander a person who's near and dear to my heart and probably <laughs> near and dear to, to everyone that's listened to this pod's heart. Because, yeah. you know, as we've been putting out multiple exports to Germany, uh, Derek, Ray, Derek Ray has been a friend, a friend to us on our side. You know, he's transcribing kicker articles for us. Yeah, I love that part. He's giving us, you know, a little scuttlebutt that he's hearing here and there. He's the best. I don't think he likes us that much, though. I think he does this service, but he doesn't actually like us that much. <laughs> well, uh, I think he was actually on the call to this game and gave us a little shout out. Okay. He, 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 said, he said we live vicariously through, through all of our players. See, that which, seems like a little yeah. bit of a shot to me. Maybe it is. I don't know. But he's damn it, right we it's do. A sh- it's a shot out. Well, we should aspire to be more like Derek Ray one way or another. But go on. But okay, so on Wednesday, he put out a he put out a very peculiar tweet that uh, ended up aging terribly. And let me read it here. Everything pointed to USMNT defender Joe Scally losing his perfect starts record for Gladbach. Unfortunately, in in the derby against Köln, the club's game of the season. Oh, okay, I read this, but the game of the season. Period. After last week's horror show in Bremen, change is expected, and Stefan Liner for Scally. Is one of the most likely. So I saw this pop up on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? I saw this pop up in the Discord. And I was like, hold on. Wait a second. There's just no way. Like, yes, they had a bad match against Bremen. Uh, that was their first match after the international break. But the one right before the international break, they, they busted uh, Leipzig, I think, 3-0, 3-1. In a very good performance. And probably one of Joe's... No, that, that was Joe's best performance of the season actually and Bremen yes you know he was he was at fault for a goal um but you know his left back partner was at fault for two okay you know what I'm saying and I'm you know I'm no math major mm. I'm a science guy but two two is more than one okay two is more than one so so I was like uh, I'm just sitting there thinking I'm like Derek why are you coming for Joe yeah and and as I sat there and actually read the read the tweet you know I had to read it four or five times because I was just stunned at this point <laughs> And I'm like, bro, this man is not, he's not actually basing this on anything. Hey, this is, he's just saying, you know what I'm saying? He didn't cite anything. He just said everything pointing to, I'm like, everything pointing to, well, well, everything on my side is pointing to him starting again. And you know what? I should have, I should have actually tweeted him back. I should have, you know, be like, Derek, you know, let, let's bet, let's bet your next game check, your next yeah. game check on, on if Joe starts tonight. And lo and behold. Unfortunately, I did not. You know what I'm saying? If you want to if you if you want to come at me and say Vince, you didn't predict this. You did I, I sure no, you were did. absolutely yeah. all over it. I want to make sure you get full credit for this. You were mm-hmm. not you were all over it. It's like, wow, the Vince receipt. is really into this. I'm so there's like there's no question. <laughs> this is The receipts know, are in the Discord. Yeah. The receipts are in the Discord. Um so anyway, Scowie did end up starting. Yes. And you were he started. you were right. I think that it's an unfortunate episode, but I say we let Derek Ray off with just kind of a pretty light warning because he just does such great work. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let him, I'm gonna let him live, I'm gonna let him live because, yeah, like, like we said, he's been an excellent resource for us for sure. While also sending a clear message to him that if you're gonna speculate about Joe Scally losing his position, <laughs> hey, you had think twice. Adam, you're gonna have to bleep this, but you had <laughs> better be right. Okay, <laughs> think twice, my boy. Think twice. But um, yeah, he started. He went 83 minutes and a five to two, to two thrashing of Cone. Um, played pretty well. Created a chance with a nice uh, low driven cross. Defended well, and um, you know, just to really, really stomp on one Derek Ray's grave one time, put him all the way in the dirt. Um, Stefan Liner subbed in for Joe Scally right in the 83rd minute, and guess who gave up the second goal? Right after that man came on, right after that man came on, 
Goal right on his head, right on his head top. So you know, Scally Les, we up a hundred. We up. We are up, baby. Hmm. Let's go. All right. Don't you ever hey. come for my baby boy again. <laughs> good. Good. Wonder hey. if Greg Berhalter is going to bring him to Qatar. I'm. I'm. No, he's. I'm. So I'm. So I'm still going to say he's not. I, I just. He's not going to leave DeAndre Yellen at home, unfortunately. Well, maybe even, like, I'm not saying DeAndre should necessarily be home, but Joe's not coming. Joe's not coming. I don't, I don't think. Maybe he takes Sam Vines' spot. I don't know how convinced Greg was of, of Sam Vines in this last camp. So we'll see, but anyway. Yeah, who knows what Greg's going to do, honestly. All right, uh, let's get going. Let's get out of here. Is that cool with you guys? Yeah, I gotta go. Yes. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you.